Welcome back to the DCL Duo podcast. Thanks for listening. Sam and I are so excited to have you join us on our Disney adventures. If you like the podcast and want to support us, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service. We're available on most major providers, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. Please also be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews help people who might be interested in listening to our podcast find us more easily, and they also help you, our listeners, as we're able to get even more great Disney guests to come on the show. We'll also shamelessly read new reviews on the air at the beginning of each show so you too can be part of the DCL Duo podcast. If you'd like to connect with us and our podcast community, also be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at DCL Duo, or join our Facebook group for the DCL Duo vlog and podcast. Speaking of our vlog, you'll also find video content from us on our YouTube channel at DCL Duo. Again, thanks for listening, and now, on to the show. really excited to have two more five-star Apple Podcast reviews to read on the air this week. The first one comes from Cosmic Charlie 76 who writes, very informative and interesting. The passion these two have for Disney definitely comes through. A great source of information and a fun listen. The second one comes from VB Christie MI who writes, great topic with great hosts. I am really enjoying this podcast. Disney is a crowded podcast community, but it's definitely worth making space for this one. Thanks for the enjoyable content. Well, thank you, VB Christy MI and Cosmic Charlie 76 for the five-star reviews. We really love hearing all the great feedback. It energizes us to keep making the podcast happen. So if you're a subscriber and you're enjoying listening, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review. We'll be sure to read them on the air each week. And now it's on to another great episode of the DCL Duo. Right, welcome, everyone, to us. Special edition of the uh, the DCL Duo podcast. We've got the entire gang of the DCL podcast with us tonight, and we're super excited to have Steve, Chris, and Christy joining us. Welcome, guys. Hi. Thanks. Hi. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having us on. Yeah. No. Thanks for thanks coming for on. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys want to roundtable a little bit with your background uh, for everybody. Not that uh, probably 90% of the people listening to our show currently don't already listen to your show, but just in case there's a few folks out there who aren't familiar with your show, I thought it'd be good to kind of hear you guys' Disney background. I don't know, Steve, if you want to you go first. Oh my gosh, put me on the spot here. So yeah, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we, we started going to Disneyland probably about 2013, took our first cruise in 2015 on the Disney Wonder up to Alaska. And just fell in love with it. And I don't know, somewhere along the way in the next year or so, I got this crazy idea to start a podcast. It had some different, I had some different ideas with it, but it's kind of turned into basically all Disney Cruise Line. We do a lot of trip reports. I was lucky enough to hook up with Christy. We met up down at Walt Disney World, had a great night with her and her cousin and watched the fireworks, had a couple of beverages and put the show together. And the next thing we know, we've got a couple years later, we've got Chris on the show who decided to join us as well. We loved his humor and, his, and everything else. And so if anybody wants to come over and talk some Disney Cruise Line with us and trip reports and all kinds of other things, run Disney, DCL podcast where you can find us. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys also cover the elusive run Disney, which is kind of uh, an underserved market in the Disney community right now, which I really appreciate. And uh, got a chance to meet up with you guys at the uh, the marathon weekend, which was a lot of fun too. So 
Uh, your podcast is one of our favorites for sure. And um, yeah, so it's great to have you on. And uh, Christy, you're a Disney travel specialist, I think. Is that right? Yeah, that's one way to say it. I am <laughs> an agent with a Disney earmarked agency. And so we are an authorized Disney vacation planner, and I work for that agency. Uh, but I am a travel agent. I became a travel agent nine years ago. I love it. It is so fun. I am a Disney addict. And my husband and I played that. What would we do if we won the lottery game? We were on a walk one day. Do you guys all play that at your houses? Yeah. 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 Time. So I said, I'm going to be a travel agent. I mean, now that I know what it entails, I would not be a travel agent. Probably if I won the lotto, I would give all my money to somebody else. But I love planning vacations. So here I am. So Steve, you're and Steve, you're a DVC member. Christy, are you? I can't remember. Are you? Do you have a? Are you a DVC member too? We do. We just joined a couple years ago. We own at Copper Creek. And Chris, you've you've been on the show before, so I you know I don't well, want to put you on the spot. Wait, but... No, he should give a brief one. All right, give give intro. your brief intro for sure, Chris. Yeah, I wasn't going to stop him from introducing himself. I just <laughs> well, <know. laughs> I'm definitely known for my brevity. Um, my Disney my Disney history is that um, uh, my first job actually ever was working at Disneyland. Uh, right out of high school while I was in college. That was my first job. Now, so after after college and sort of figuring out exactly what I wanted to do, I landed in the world of mental health and suicide prevention. So I work as a public speaker for uh, a nonprofit, and I travel the country and do education. Um, so that's my that's my job job. But my hobby job is co-hosting on a DCL podcast. Um, I probably go on an average of two cruises a year. Um, pretty, pretty loyal to DCL, I will say. Um, but I'll dabble. I'll dabble a bit in other cruise lines. <laughs> um, and I'm, I live in the back. My backyard is Anaheim. So I, I can get down to Disneyland within an hour. Um, we're annual pass holders, my husband and I. Uh, so we spend a lot, a lot of times in the parks and usually we'll go to Disney world about once a year. So if you add all that up, that means that 90% of our vacations have something to do with Disney <laughs> and then a small fraction, um, have something to do with not Disney. Well, I, I, I would like to dabble in other cruise lines, but I'm just waiting to get to platinum status on Disney first. And then, and then we'll dabble in other yeah, cruise lines. Maybe we've been on maybe. a few others, but yeah, yeah I don't yeah. really want to dabble, <laughs> especially not after this virus. <laughs> yeah. Disney well, does that... have a, an impeccable uh, cleanliness record, which is now yes. probably very important to a lot of cruisers. Yes. Which is a perfect segue into, into the, the topic, topic. Uh, that we were going to talk about tonight. So uh, we're going to kind of do the what I like to call the Oreo sandwich approach uh, here. We're going to deal with the the kind of uh, potentially a little bit more um, timely, relevant, but perhaps a little bit depressing topic of the COVID-19 situation. Um, but we want to talk about the sort of the what we think the impact of all of that will be on Disney Cruise Line, maybe even to some extent the parks and other things. Um, but we will follow that up with kind of just our hopes and dreams for Disney in the future with the 50th anniversary coming up very soon and um, the wish uh, out in hopefully about 18 months, I guess it is now, or maybe a little bit more. So we'll segue into that to kind of end on the the wonderful chocolate cookie end of, of the podcast so that it's not it's not all terrible news in the middle. So 
With that, though, let's dive into the unfortunate situation of COVID-19. But what, look, the ships are going to sail again. And so I'm curious to get thoughts uh, from folks around what do we think is going to change? What does a post-COVID-19 world look like for the uh, the cruise ships and more particularly Disney? I guess maybe, Chris, why don't we start with you? What What's something you think that might change about Disney Cruise Line in a sort of post-COVID world? I think that... For a long while, Disney's not going to have people serving themselves food at cabanas and other other places like that. I think it just doesn't seem like (laughs) the time to be doing that. You know, I think like the end game with COVID-19 is uh, a vaccine. Right. And we and we all know that we're at least, you know, a year to 18 months away from that at the soonest. And so between now and that time when like people can actually be vaccinated against this virus, it seems to me that like Disney will take really stringent cleanliness measures and let guests touch less things. I think of all of us, I might have cruised on a Disney ship most recently, and it was just at the start of COVID. So I cruised back in February, on February 8th, and we had emails from Disney saying, um, if you've been in China in the past two weeks, you won't be allowed to sail and things like that. But what I also noticed is the cleanliness measures on the ship seemed to be like doubled or tripled. They were always cleaning oh, wow. the rail, every button, every you know That's elevator. Normal, and it felt like it felt like, yeah, they're trying to really be out and about with the cleanliness thing. But also having sailed on other lines, I can tell you that like Disney's amount of cleaning in that way has actually always been yeah. a bit yeah. uh, better than other lines. So that's where my head's at, is that some of the things that we're used to doing, we might not be able to do. But I'd be curious, Christy, do you think that they're going to make actual booking protocol differently or like that they're going to make changes that that are maybe more rooted from a travel agent's perspective? Well, they haven't yet. And so besides the the preventing people from boarding that were traveling in February and March. There, there's been no other change and there's no notification that there's going to be a change in the future. The thing that is interesting, so I cruised Celebrity the week after your cruise, Chris, so the middle yeah. of February. COVID-19 was a thing still, but it wasn't as prevalent. People weren't as concerned about it in the United States. Nothing was different about my cruise. So people were still gross. People were still coughing (laughs) into their hands. People were still getting in the buffet and literally licking their fingers while they're in the buffet, which is why, Chris, you have the right thinking. And they do it on Celebrity. They do it on Disney Cruise Line. It's on every cruise line. People, stop licking your fingers, please. Please stop licking your fingers in the buffet line. So I think, honestly, people are going to forget this is a thing and it's going to be back to cruising as we're used to, honestly. I think there's going to be more discussion about hand washing and hopefully people will wash their hands more. But And I think we'll talk about this later, but on the wish, they will put more hand washing stations Because that's a big thing. So on Celebrity Edge, which is Celebrity's newest ship that's out, they have this huge hand-washing station, but only going into the buffet. So they don't have it going into the rest of the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And and maybe there'll be more of that. Yeah, where you can I'm hoping... Do- 
I'm hoping for that. I was surprised when we cruised in, what was that, February or January? I can't remember, um, of this year. We went on the Dream for the first time. That was our run Disney cruise that we talked to, with you guys actually about on one of your shows. And yeah. what, one of the things I was very surprised about with the Dream is when you enter Cabanas, they don't have the hand washing stations, but they have them on the Fantasy. So in the same, it's this, you know, it's basically the same ship. But when you enter cabanas on the fantasy, there's hand washing stations at both entrances for like full sinks. And they just don't have that on the dream. And I'm wondering in the retrofits of all of the ships, if they're going to add those um, into cabanas, but also to your point, Christy, to all of the rotational dining restaurants well, as well. The dream is due for a dry dock, I think, here pretty soon. So yeah. they, it might just be the case that they're going to put those in a dry dock. They were added to the fantasy during the dry dock. Yeah. I just wonder if, like, I hear I hear what you're saying about, like, there's these changes that have been made, and then we'll all kind of go back to, you know, a year from now or two years from now, we'll all kind of have forgotten about this. But I wonder if the 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 memory that will last the longest is the corporate memory here in terms of, I mean, they're losing a lot of money every yeah. day. These ships are out of commission. And so will they change, force a change in practices simply because they don't want to experience this again. Yeah, and, and they don't want to re- experience the reputational harm that's come to a well, few the, of the cruise lines that's as part well. Of the, well, that's part of the problem is the reputational yeah. hits already happened. The cruise line industry was going like gangbusters up until this mm-hmm. point, and now it's just a constant drumbeat in the news about people making the offhand remarks about the cruise ships, I won't cruise again, cruises aren't safe, and like, is Di- are Disney and frankly the other cruise lines going to have to do certain things in order to make these ships more appealing to people so how does how did how do the cruise lines how does disney as a you know disney parks even insulate themselves from that in the future so that perhaps it won't be as bad uh going forwards i i yeah i don't know what do you uh, think steve yeah i'm gonna take more of a macro level in the whole cruise industry as a whole and i'm gonna kind of tie it into what the airline industry i think that when we come out of this I, I think you're going to see maybe some smaller cruise lines. And I know we talk about Disney. They've only got four ships, but Carnival's got a lot of ships, and so does Royal. To, to be able to fill the ships, kind of to your point, I think, well, th- this is this is just my own opinion. I always think that there's the silent majority and the vocal minority. So a lot of the, the drum beating that you hear in the media and everything like that, there's a huge amount of people that are going to go back to cruising. Sure. But sure. Those, those peripheral people that were kind of like, oh, maybe I'll try this, they might be a little bit harder sell. So in the uh, in the short term, I think a lot of things that are going to happen, like what Chris said, where, you know, cabanas, you're not going to be able to serve your own food. It's kind of weird. I don't know how they really do that with the drink station that they have up there by cabanas. But, I mean, I know they've got somebody out there that does that. Maybe they can rearrange that a little bit for to make that more efficient. But I think you're going to see that initially. And then to Christy's point, eventually, you know, maybe we'll, we'll all kind of forget about it. We'll kind of move on a little bit. But initially, I could, I could really see some shrinking of the cruise lines. And what that means for Disney, I'm not sure. Maybe it's the magic and the wonder at some point go away a little sooner than they, they originally had with, you know, the Wish and two other ships coming on. Or maybe they just put off, put off the other two ships. The Wish has already started to be built, so I'm not sure how the contracts work out with them. But I don't mean to be negative on that aspect, but you're going to see a huge shrinking in the airlines. And I could really see that in some of the bigger players in the cruise industry initially as well. I agree that the bigger players in the cruise industry, like Carnival, Royal Caribbean, people with like 30, 35 ships, and also Carnival and Royal Caribbean own like other cruise lines that also have a ton of ships, right? So I agree on that front. The only reason I think that Disney could come out stronger 
is that the demand is far beyond what they could fill in four mm-hmm. ships compared to these other cruise lines. And the way that they make up for that demand is astronomically high prices. Um, hey, Disney, we'd love for you to lower your prices. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> these prices compared to other cruise lines are so much higher for Disney. Mm-hmm. I think before they would cancel builds, they might have to like slightly waver on their prices or at least not do the like, I mean, Christy, you know better than anyone, but I think it's like year over year, 10% increases every right. single year. And they can't just keep doing that when their market isn't growing. And I think, and- Steve, you're right that loyal cruisers are not going to go away just because of some coronavirus. I think it's the newer to the market folks who have been like on the fence or thinking about trying it, who are now like maybe five, 10 years down the road before they feel there's trust again to do it. The the price pressure piece is interesting because if you think about Disney's pricing model, it's it's sort of, you could see like a Royal Caribbean or an NCL or whatever, where they kind of do all the upcharging and the freebies and all that sort of stuff, just sort of trying to, like if I think about how Disney has responded to downturn markets at the parks for like annual passes, right? It's like let's throw in more benefits. Let's try to get right. let's, let's try to get people. Let's make it food and wine. Let's make it flower and garden. Well, no, no, you know? but also just like here's some more discounts. Here's like buy your annual pass because you're going to get more from it. We're not going to change the price, but we'll give you more value out of it. Mm-hmm. It seems like in the cruise space, I'm not sure they can do that because there's so little. Like, what are they going to do? Throw a free Palo dinner in for everybody Maybe. when you can't even well, get anybody into dinner, the restaurant? Yeah. Like, so like. I, I think, though, you'll see, I, I wonder if we'll see the return of those onboard credits, right? So they mm. eliminated for the, when, when you book your next Disney cruise on a Disney cruise, you used to get, uh, what was it, 10% off and you got like a $100, $200 onboard credit. Depends on the, yeah, the length yeah. of the cruise. Right, yeah. right. So um, anyway, they eliminated the onboard credit of that uh, that that portion. And I'm wondering if they're going to do, if they're going to revive that in order to spur castaway club members meaning repeat cruisers to keep coming back. Cause that's really their base, particularly with Disney. That's their base is people who are repeat cruisers with Disney. And uh, I want to, I want to go back just a little bit too. I, do I think the magic and the wonder are going away anytime soon? No. Do I think they're going to cancel <laughs> the other two ships? No. I think that would, that they could possibly push those off depending upon what the climate is a year or two from now. So right. I, yeah, yeah, that's I think it's point. still, I think it's full steam ahead for now. and It depends upon what happens in the future a little bit. But. Well, and it must be nice, though, when you have such big profit margins that like, <laughs> you, can, you can navigate something like this. Like when I heard in the news that Disney World was like hemorrhaging $40 million a day um, in lost profits, I tried to do that math on my phone and it returned a number that's not a number because that's how much $40 million <laughs> times 365 is i'm I'm sort of curious is like i listened to a pretty good show the other day where they're talking about cancel for anything insurance and you can't get when you when you buy disney travel insurance you don't get that option and maybe this is more towards christy is like how do you sell travel insurance to some of your clients as far as what i mean i know that you don't do it personally but what do you recommend as far as travel insurance in the future for people looking at what we've kind of seen the cruise lines go through I sell travel insurance, so I okay. am well, not I'm sorry. an insurance provider. So there you go. That's my legal moment. So historically, Cruise Line and any insurance sold by the company for the travelers. So whatever the company is, if it's like Walt Disney World or if it's the Cruise Line, if it's the cruise, it's the insurance they're hawking, 
it is never as good as going into the outside market. So that's just one thing to think about. Um, the thing that was really odd about this pandemic is that the cruise line insurance companies were covering nothing. Not the cruise line. Everybody's insurance company were co was covering nothing. So you have all this insurance people bought. It was not covering a thing. And because there's something in there about acts of God or whatever, or yep. it literally says a health pandemic, that they don't have to cover it. So then you were at the will and the whim of the provider to actually let people out. The cancel for any reason insurance is interesting. It's very expensive for one. And then for two, it only pays for about, for non-covered reason, like 50 or 75% of I think the, it was I think it was 75 when yeah. I was listening to him talk about it. And so that's pretty expensive though. It's pretty expensive. I think we talked about the cruise line a little bit, uh, travel insurance piece, which is really interesting to me. I will say, Chris, something you mentioned about the financial piece, the most interesting piece I've read recently about the financial side of things was actually that based on Disney stock price performance post COVID-19, they became, uh, uh, they, they become a potentially attractive acquisition for Apple. So we could all be going to vacation at the new wow. Apple theme park <laughs> very, very soon because Apple could buy them and, uh, for a fraction of their market capitalization and, you know, have their streaming service completely built out now with Disney plus. So, ah. um, so yeah, we could all, the iPhone integration at the parks could, could really expand here in the near future. I don't know, but maybe <laughs> Disney could get its technology up to par. <laughs> maybe the Apple, would crash yeah. all the Wouldn't time. that be nice? I mean, maybe I... the web's crashed when you're trying to book your Apollo reservation when your booking window <laughs> opens at midnight. Uh, well, let's, so, let's segue to the park. Let's segue to the park. So, what, what, what do we, I mean, aside from the cleanliness, which is, I think, a hot, lot harder to control in a theme park environment. What do we think? Is there anything that's going to change in the parks in the short or the long term? I'm sort of, you know, I'm actually curious about the annual passes. Um, I'm wondering there's if there's anything that might change there in the short term. Um, probably similar to what we've seen in what other do financial downturns. Well, I think in other financial downturns, I think they've had to make the annual passes a little bit more attractive for people because I like I I know that Disney World I think is already under a bit of pressure from the local pass holders who want to cancel their passes and stop making the monthly payments for financial reasons. Yeah. I just wonder like at, at Disneyland, they're carefully trying to curate the number of annual passes. So I could see them sure. sort of saying, this is, I mean, this it. is, yeah. yeah, this is business advantageous for us to just hold things where they are. But I wonder if at Disney world, we'll see anything. I don't know. Do you guys have any, do you have any thoughts about that or anything else that might change at the parks? Well, so from a Disneyland side of things, Interesting things have happened at Disneyland in the past during like cost cutting times. Um, so, for example, this is going to make me sound so annoying, but for example, <laughs> uh, when uh, when they opened Hong Kong Disneyland and it wasn't doing so well, and then they opened Shanghai and it wasn't turning the same profit that they wanted, the parks the parks stateside end up having to cut costs because. Mm -hmm other parks internationally aren't doing as well. And so that partially meant things like certain employees were like not working as often or um, they were doing hiring freezes and things like that. But the thing that annoyed me the most is that they got rid of like normal good ketchup, like Heinz ketchup, <laughs> and replaced it with like off-brand ketchup and like all the condiments. 
just for like the six months that they were cost cutting. And then as soon as they were done with the cost cutting time, it was like back to the good hind stuff. And so it's little things like that. Or like, I swear the toilet paper, they switched to like zero ply to the point where it was like, all right, I might as well bring my own, my own toilet paper. So it's stuff like that where it's just like, little quality control things that we don't think about, but they're operational costs for them, like, you know, catch up, end up being places where they're like, we'll save a million dollars by switching to off-brand ketchup, or we'll save blah, blah, blah by selling this or that. And so that's the sort of stuff that I guarantee you is coming. Like, I guarantee you that those sorts of changes are going to come until they can balance the books again. Ketchup is a serious discussion in our household. Yeah, so this, this is, is important and, and 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 breaking news if they yeah. change the ketchup. No, it yeah. needs to be Heinz and none of that weird flavored <laughs> stuff. None of this like, you know, fancy brew pub making some beet ketchup or something like that. No, it's all beet just give me, yeah, like, I tell you, there's these weird like, you know, any calls themselves like a bistro. They always want to sell you some really weird ketchups with your fries, and it's just not okay. You're going to turn into someone who has like a Heinz ketchup bottle in their purse, and we're going to be out someplace, and you're going to be like, I'm sorry, I'm good. Yeah. Can I throw this out, just a small part about the parks? You know, I know a lot of people are kind of been trapped in their houses with everything, and I've been actually been out moving it. around. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm one of the few few essential workers, if you want to call it essential out there, oh, but pretty much everywhere you go, they have these like little Purell stations now, like in the hotels, all throughout the airports. I mean, uh, I mean, they're just everywhere. So it is a park thing. I could see maybe Disney doing something like that. I know that's a little weird minutia there, but maybe adding a bunch of Purell places. And, and people are using it, too. I mean, it's amazing. Like everywhere you Thank go, God. you see somebody when they walk by, everybody's like stopping by quick and grabbing some Purell, whether they touched something recently or not. It won't be Purell. It'll be off-brand because of the cost-cutting measure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. It may not work. For sure. <laughs> yeah. to, to, to Steve's point, I think it would be actually really smart if they did it right after, after you get off of any ride, right? You could have yeah. a Purell yeah, station definitely. there in sort of the, at the exits for all the rides because you are touching things that everybody else has touched when you pull down your lap bar or you are touching Midway Mania is a great example, Chris, where you're touching the same for lack of a better uh, in the arcade game as, as everybody else has touched. So yeah, the places where you really touch things are the rides. We have been doing that for years, actually. We have our little, usually we typically use the brand Baby Gannix and we all, I keep it in my purse or my husband keeps it in his pocket. We get off every ride. Everybody knows we go through the touch points. We know we have been doing that for, well, I would say since my baby was my son was an infant and we were going to Walt Disney World because I was like, ah, germs. Well, okay, so we can turn away from COVID. We can talk about more fun topics, future of uh, future of the parks and uh, the cruise line. Why don't we start with the parks since we're all sort of cruise enthusiasts. We can save the best for last. The 50th anniversary is coming up, right? Next year uh, is when it's supposed to start. I know there's lots of rides that people have talked about a ton, but I guess is there any particular thing you're most looking forward to uh, out of the 50th anniversary? Christy, why don't we start with you? didn't get to experience any of the big celebration stuff that they had at Disneyland, the diamond celebration or whatever that was. I'm really looking forward to experiencing it. My husband and I were at Epcot for their 35th birthday and we were there that exact day. And and it just happened to be that we were on a adults only weekend trip and it was going to be their, the birthday. And I'm like, Oh my God, we have to get there. 
the energy was amazing. Just being there was amazing. So I am just looking forward to that energy of being at Walt Disney World at that time. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, this is not helping my hope, but I am hoping that Walt Disney World gets an evening parade again. That would be fantastic at the Magic Kingdom. And then I don't know if there will be maybe the Harmony or whatever that show is called that Epcot will come out now during that event since everything's going to get pushed back. So I'm just looking forward to stuff like that. I'm not necessarily like the castle, the repainted castle. Fine. But that's not going to be a selling feature to me. But I bet they'll do something really cool with it. I bet there'll be some really sparkly lights and some sort of we're going to light up the castle in pink sparkles. Now that I could get behind. And, and uh, you know, Harmonious, I think, is the name of the show they're coming out that I've got. <laughs> yes. Harmonious. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Steve, anything you're you're looking forward to? I don't know. I don't know if you're a ride person. If any of the new rides are are potentially exciting for you? Well, um, the the good thing, and Chris can can uh, substantiate this, is like, what was the 60th went on for a year and a half, right? Or was it two? Oh years? yeah, they they know how to throw <laughs> a party. And then throw it every day for like 500 days after. <laughs> so if it is pushed back, we'll have plenty of time to go, I'm sure. But uh, no, I, to your point too, Christy, we went there for the 60th down to Disneyland. And there was something kind of really cool about being down there with everything being decorated, the different merchandise that they had. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of into the whole diamond thing because I guess 60th is diamond. So that was kind of everywhere. But, uh, you know... I, I, as far as new rides coming out, I mean, I'd I'd really curious to see the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster that's going to be opening up on Epcot. Oh, you so. know I am too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's total sarcasm. I have no guys. clue. I don't know. I, so I think that's a ride that I'm kind of excited about, just because I haven't read anything about it. I have no idea what it's going to do. I think all of us that go to Disneyland love the Guardians uh, Mission Breakout, so I'm yep. hoping they something kind of up their sleeves to make that pretty fun too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for the. Um, I, I want to see the Tron ride. I know it's. I think it's a recreation of an existing ride someplace. But yeah. So, Chris, anything you're looking forward to uh, that's uh, that's uh, for the fiftieth? Well, so my I was at Disneyland working the fiftieth anniversary, um, and the energy then was wild. Like, also, <laughs> I I feel like for those of you who are like Disney park nerds, you'll know that like in the '90s. Disney um, hit a slump in terms of quality control. And what was born (laughs) out of that were some, like, not as great theme park experiences, right? Like, um, they, I think Animal Kingdom is one of the most beautiful, most amazing parks in the world. I, of, of the four Disney parks, it's actually my favorite. But what I'll say is that even the 1998 uh, Animal Kingdom was like way scaled back from what it was originally supposed to be. And then what was also born out of the 90s was uh, California Adventure, which is one of my favorite parks now, but when it came out, was universally panned as being the worst Disney park ever made. And so there was a time when, like, right before the 50th anniversary in Disneyland, where the theme parks were, like, really struggling, and they used that to revitalize everything. And so... Um, what they did at Disneyland is they went in and even like replaced every trash can, um, <laughs> and like, and like the entire park just like sparkled in a way. Maybe it wasn't like Christie's pink sparkles, but it was sparkling. <laughs> um, 
and it just felt kinetic. And they that's when they brought um, Remember Dreams Come True, which is the best fireworks show Disney's ever made. They still will hold that as a truth. Um, <laughs> and um, they opened up Parade of Dreams. I might be biased because I was in that parade, but Parade of Dreams, <laughs> one of the best parades they've ever made. Um, and so what I think these anniversaries do is it allows them to add extra special touches. Uh, and the rumor is, Disney has yet to confirm this, so rumor mill over here, over here but the rumor is that they want to do 50 new attractions for the 50th. And what they're counting as a new attraction would be like Ratatouille, but also they would count like the Regal Eagle, which is a restaurant that they just like redid. Um, <laughs> and maybe they'll throw like a different tag at the end of Soren and be like, that's a new attraction. Or they'll be like, don't you know. mess with the end of Soren, but you could get rid of a couple of things in the middle. <laughs> I, I would love to see I would love to see a new a new Soren, I think it's like I love the California one. I know it's a little bit there's differences of opinion there. But yeah, uh, yeah but I, I the I would love to see maybe a new Soren ride. Well, it'd be great if they did an updated Soren that's over what California, I mean. just an updated oh, Soren well, over California. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was at Walt Disney World for the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Is that the World. birthday cake one? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly right. I was there. Wait, so, so that tell was everybody it. about that birthday cake cast. Oh, it was like a blow up birthday cake they put on the castle basically to make it look like a birthday cake. I think it's universally hated. Yeah. <laughs> I still have I still have a t-shirt from back then though. They had some really fun merchandise. It actually yeah. it was so it was really weird and kind of tacky looking. But they had some really fun merchandise back then. I was going to uh, say, what are you most looking forward to for the 50th anniversary? Probably the Dooney and Burke the Memorial uh, Purse. Whatever the new purse is going to be. Whatever the she, new- she just got her uh, flower and garden purse. A, yeah, I just got a really <laughs> cute Minnie Mouse flower and garden purse. But I think it'll be, I'm sure they'll do a new parade or new fireworks show or both. And I feel like those, the the... The birthday cake one back in uh, 1996 was was pretty cool, and so I don't know. I think they'll do something fun like that. Well, so slightly off topic, but it's I think opening around the same time. I'm just curious, anyone here excited about Star Wars Hotel? Hi, hello, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We have one taker. I was going to say a little post Rise of the Resistance. I mean, Rise. I think Rise of the Resistance is is a really cool, you know, multi part ride. And so if they if the hotel is as cool as that ride is, then yeah, it'll be pretty cool. But it's not the thing I'm looking forward to the most. So what excites you about it, Chris? I'm I have a theater degree. Hi, and um, <laughs> I love the idea of like a full immersion. Spend the whole day pretending you're a Star Wars character, sleeping uh, in a weird yeah, pod, no. claustrophobic. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's the I'm ultimate just, cosplay. Yeah, I'm here for it. Um, so the thing I'm not here for is that, you know, it's probably going to be like so expensive. And I also think like they sort of botched a little bit the opening of Star Wars Land. Not even a little bit. I think a lot by not having both rides open at the same time and, and pacing it the way they did. The mm-hmm. land has never really felt complete. And now by adding this additional layer, it's like, I sort of wish the whole thing was open and you could experience it this way from day one. But they know that like super Star Wars fans will 100% go back oh, yeah. and pay these prices. Um, so, and like if it, the year that that opens, if it came down between going on that or doing a cruise, I would do that. Um, so they know really? their market. Like, 
Yeah. Oh. Well, it's it's a land it's a land based cruise essentially. It's like <laughs> yeah. a three night three night cruise on land. I was thinking about this just recently. Who is gonna go there multiple times to do this? Not very many people. So is this like a th- two year hotel? <laughs> do they turn it into yeah. something else? I think it could be something where they could change the storyline along the way. So, you know, so maybe some of the experiences that you have. They'd have to. They'd have to, yeah. like, literally, like, replot the story every five years just so that people would want to go back again. But I will say, if you look at the the properties, relatively small. The hotel capacity compared to the other hotels is relatively true. small. I think it's, like, 250 rooms or something. So... And when you compare that to, like, the thousands of rooms that are over at, like, Wilderness or Pop, I think, you know, maybe it's going to be in high demand and supply and demand won't equal out for a long time. And what's the concierge experience going to be like? Do they have concierge? No, I don't know. Unlimited access to your... <laughs> yeah. Limited access to your own personal Wookiee, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Chewie um, yeah. <laughs> comes and visits you yeah. nightly at the in the concierge lounge where you well, get to eat like space, you know, themed yeah. food or I, something. I, I'm interested in the durability of the sort of the cruise like nature of it where you're, you know, because I feel like I know it's a short duration, like you're only staying like a night or two nights, I think it is. But people are going to the parks. They kind of want to do what they want to do. And the ability, like going in and not being able to kind of leave the hotel at some level. Like, I, I just wonder how long that will last before they sort yeah. of convert it to something that's like, OK, we'll come and you can stay for five nights at the hotel and it's themed out. We're, you know, you're not sort of on this cruise experience. Kind of thing. Yeah. Disney's tried to do stuff like this before. And every time they've tried it, it's been kind of short lived. And then they've gone just right back to sort of the normal hotel model where you can book for any number of nights. So I don't think it's going to last that long in the structure that they currently have it. Let's let's. Skip from the 50th anniversary to perhaps our favorite topic for two two podcasts that have the words or the letters DCL in their name, which is Disney the Disney Cruise Line, The Wish, that's coming out. I thought we would do this as kind of like a roundtable, kind of rapid fire. So why don't we start with, we'll start with Sam. No! We've been going to everyone on the phone to start with oh, Sam. Oh, gosh. What is your, like, most, I see most anticipated, but, like, something new that you're hoping for on the ship? Like, in terms of an amenity, not like a restaurant or something like that, but... New amenity. Like a space or an amenity. Maybe an adults-only water slide. <laughs> so I don't have to wait in line behind all What is going kids. on on this water slide? <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. I'll just but, go with you, Sam. Yeah, uh, where I don't have to wait in line behind all the kids to get on the water slide. It ends at a bar. <laughs> it ends at a bar. I like it. Yeah. No, I I don't know. I'm just looking forward to seeing what the adult spaces are like. Christy, what are you, what are you looking forward to the most? Like some, some new space or experience or something? I actually hope that they have a larger, or the thing I'm looking forward to is that they're going to show up and it's going to have a larger pool deck. Like I need more yeah. pool space. I need the kids soup to kind of go away. Celebrity Edge has one of the largest, it may be tied with MSC, but it's the largest swimming pool at sea. And it got crowded during a couple of our really warm sea day days. And that's a cruise that didn't have very many kids on it and that didn't have as many people that would maybe go swimming, whereas DCL is going to have just kids and people that want to swim. And that pool, the largest at sea, still got crowded. So Disney needs to go bigger, in my opinion, than the largest yeah. pool at sea. So I am looking forward to seeing that because. Chris, what are you looking forward to? Okay, well, 
I said this once on our podcast and uh, Steve and Christy both balked at me. So I'm going to say it again. Um, I think for a company that is so good at rides and attractions and the aqueduct is amazing. It's really fun, you know, but I think that the next best thing needs to be some type of ride ride, like a dark ride. Something that is like an actual ride that you can do on the ship. Because if you go way, way back to the history of Disney Cruise Line, not the big red boat, but like there was a time when Disney wanted to build aircraft carrier sized amusement parks that they could travel the world with. Like this is the plans were released. They announced this. They were going to do this thing. And it was going to literally have Haunted Mansion and Space Mountain and like aircraft carrier versions of these rides and i want to see them realize that vision and build a ride and i know that the rewritability factor and it would take up a ton of space and you can tell me all day why the logistics of it just won't work out but <laughs> i'm here for my haunted mansion or christy for your sake um you give know, me like mickey and minnie's runaway railroad or something um yeah. mickey and minnie's runaway railway that's fine um and you know, what they're calling these, some of these new attractions that they're building, they're calling them black box rides where based on projection, they could change the ride to anything they want just by projecting different things into the ride. And so they could do that for the cruise line and have it on like Mondays and Tuesdays be this and on Wednesdays and Thursdays be that. And so I'm just saying, I want that amenity. It's what I'm requesting. <laughs> I'm I'm here for it, Chris. You, I'm here for it. You know how they could do it is they could bring the void to sea. So like the, sure. just make it the exact the same mega thing, VR man. experience. I'd be here for that because we we all know what we need most is one more fast pass booking window at sea. Yeah. So. Oh my god! <laughs> we just did the void at Disneyland. Yeah, it was really cool. That would easily import onto a cruise ship. Yeah, it doesn't take a huge amount of space. You just wouldn't be able to serve that many people like you, it would have to be a reservation the only issue would be motion sickness can't even imagine uh, but yeah steve, steve what do you what do you look at? so i'm gonna go with two real quick i'd love to see him add and it kind of goes into like what chris is saying you know some kind of maybe amenity like the flow rider like royal cribbon has for more like the the tweens and the teens that are on board and maybe the active adults and maybe that's an adult water slide or something like i'd like to see him come up with something like that for like the older kids and my roof is building this ship and I, we've been on two of Norwegian ships that were built there and they've got this really cool for adults and maybe for kids too, but they get this really cool outdoor indoor area called the promenade. And I love that where it's, it's, you could be indoors and it easily translates outdoors for the bars and, and some of the spaces that they have. And I, I would really love to see them do something like that. Kind of open up the ship a little bit more for the evenings, especially down in the Caribbean when it's warm, uh, yeah, just give it a little bit different feel for the adults. Well, they had that. We were on the Dream recently, and they had that outdoor space near uh, uh, Skyline. The, and, yeah, off and, the Champagne Bar. Yeah, and it was it was really off, interesting. Off of what is it, Pink? Yeah, Dream. Yeah, it was it was just really interesting to see that outdoor space because they don't have that on the Fantasy, and I, I understand they, it wasn't, it's not they, really used. Yeah, well, they used to have it on the Fantasy, and it got retro out but um it was just interesting to see because i agree with you it's kind of hidden back there so i didn't even know it was there we were like oh i think on and i opened up the door we're like what is this it was just kind of an odd little space back there so Uh, but i'd love to see them do something like that it doesn't have to be adults only they could you know theme a restaurant that's kind of indoors outdoors you know if the weather's nice for the kids too so okay so 
What about a theme for a restaurant? Let's start with Steve. I'm gonna. Ho- I'm hoping that eventually, either the wish or the fantasy or somebody comes out here to the West Coast, and this kind of leads into one of your later questions, but makes it over to either China or down to Australia. So I'm gonna go with like a Milan themed and kind of an wow, Asian a- fusion restaurant. So I'd love to see him do something like that. That's a good one. I was actually thinking in my head, Mulan, Chinese food. So that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we go with, uh, oh, Sam is pointing to herself. I've got, I've got Sam, one. what restaurant theme are you looking for? <laughs> I am Awana. Awana <laughs> uh, at sea. No, no, not Awana. Yeah, not Ohana. Ohana is Lilo and Stitch. Oh, fair enough. Fair Moana enough. is what I'm, yeah, I think uh, like a, you could Moana. do like yeah, Moana, exactly. You could do some kind of like island themed, you know, restaurant. And, so wait, how is this not Ohana at sea then? Well, it is kind of like <laughs> Ohana, but it would be themed on Moana, not not the Polynesian, not the uh, the Polynesian hotel restaurant Ohana. But anyway, I think it would be a fun. You could have like an uh, animatronic hey hey or you know <laughs> it would just be like a fun themed cartoony kind of restaurant i guess yeah that could happen uh <laughs> christy i am really bad at coming up with themes but i really like the music of tiana's place so i want something with music chris i should have been thinking okay this is out of <laughs> yeah, left this like is out, all of the time that this we is out of left field but this is what i'm ready for uh, my vote is a Coco-themed Mexican restaurant. I no, want... you just stole mine. No. <laughs> yeah, I it. want. I it. Go with it. Go with it. <laughs> I want Miguel. I want everybody playing um, music and singing and dancing. I need um, what are those flowers called? Marigold petals falling from the ceiling. I want all of it. And like, also Mexican food food is objectively delicious and i feel like we need more mexican food so why not have a restaurant themed that way so that would be my big vote i totally agree and i think i think if we ever want one of these ships on the west coast they need to have a mexican restaurant on one and they could change pirate (laughs) to dia de los muertos night yes yes I think I think the Mexican restaurant idea is way overdue and Coco makes a ton of sense. My restaurant. So I just OK, so I have to I have to go left field here because Chris took my restaurant. It would be interesting if one of them and maybe this kind of fits in with the Mulan theme had sort of a hibachi restaurant to it, Ooh. because I think I, I'll give you a reason. Two reasons why. One is I think it would be interesting for dinner. It would be an interesting like dinner show. Right, I think you'd have a show. I think it would have to be a, a it might have to be a restaurant that's not one of the rotational dining restaurants because it could be like it, a special like an upcharge and the seating table size and all that stuff may be difficult. But the other reason is there's a place we go to, and I'm Steve. I don't know if you've ever been to this place because you're you're you live, I think, near Portland. But when we come down to visit in Portland, there's a restaurant in Portland that is hibachi breakfast, and it is it's it called is slappy cakes, slappy cakes, and it is hibachi oh yeah 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 pancakes. yeah we've been there yeah yeah. And yeah. so, and, and I, what I noticed is that place does a booming business with kids because they, they don't make your own pancakes. Yeah. They don't bring you pancakes. They bring you pancake batter and you make the pancakes in, like, on your own hibachi grill. Sque- yeah. And those like ketchup squeeze bottle things. That's how they bring you your pancake batter. And then they bring you the toppings that you want to put like either on top of or in your pancakes. And so you make your own pancakes. So, like, I can see It'd them having brilliant. like Mickey molds and you're making your own Mickey pancakes. Oh, God, like I just, so cool. I think it could be an interesting idea. Yeah, and then you could have it like turn to a Japanese like steakhouse yeah, at night. Exactly. You, it, it would totally be an upcharge place, though. I feel like that would not be rotational dining. That would be like a specialty restaurant where they could have like a family brunch and have like an adults only dinner. And the family brunch idea, I think, is interesting for especially a restaurant because they can't do that today because Palo's adults only. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah. So that's anyway. That's my idea. Off the so off we did the a cup. hibachi place like that on NCL, and it was awesome. It was probably our favorite dinner on the uh, the cruise that we took. And I'm trying to remember how big the space was, but it was pretty big. They had quite a few people in there. So you're right. I don't think they could, you know, do it as one of the rotational restaurants. But um, I think that's a great idea. All right. Let's do let's do one more. Um, a new port, Chris. Why don't we start with you? Is there a new port you would love to see the ships go to? Los Angeles, California. <laughs> I would like to see it. I would like to see a ship sail out of LA or somewhere closer to Anaheim, but San Diego's not that far. So I'll pick on something more interesting. If I could have any new port, I would want. No, you know what? I can't think of anything besides LA. I'm going <laughs> to stick with LA. I'm going to put all my eggs in the LA basket so that hopefully when the fantasy comes to the West Coast, it's literally sailing right out of Los Angeles, California. Steve, have you got a, a, a new port you'd love to see the ships going to? Well, they kind of started going where I really wanted to see them go. With, well, they were, they're hopefully going to go there this year. We'll see. They're, they've got them up, lined up again next year. But I really love Croatia. Croatia was like mm-hmm. one, two of the places that we stopped at, both Split and Dubrovnik were two of the most amazing places that we've been able to see. And I would really love to see it once the world stabilizes for them to continue further down and go to the port of Kusadasi, which is in Turkey, where Ephesus is. And that was another... I, I like the the history. I like the food. I, I would love to see Disney continue to expand a little bit further east as the world stabilizes and continue uh, kind of that way. I'd love to see them do that. Did you get to drink from that holy spring in Ephesus? We did. Yeah, me too. I've been there. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I'd love to see them continue to do that. You know, the the speculation is maybe they'll go go west and over to Asia, you know, maybe down to Australia. You know, that that would be neat too. But I'd really like to see them continue to go further east in the Mediterranean. Christy? So for me, the Caribbean has so many ports and they just kind of stick with six. And then NASA for any of the Bahamas, the Bahamian cruises. And so... (laughs) I would like them to mix it up a little bit instead of there's so many repeat cruisers and there's so many repeat cruises to the Caribbean. Let's not just pick six ports to go to and alternate for the fantasy every other week. Let's really, there's so many out there. Look at Carnival. Really, actually, one of the things they're best at is going to all these other islands. Like they stop in Belize and they go to Honduras and there's amazing scuba diving ports that, Disney is not taking advantage of. So I would like them to venture a little bit more to the exotic Caribbean ports. So I have, have a couple of different ones. Um, I would of course love for the Alaska cruises to sail out of Seattle. Once again, they used to sail out of Seattle and now they only sail out of Vancouver. Um, So that's one, but that's too similar to Chris's wanting to, (laughs) wanting to go out LA. (laughs) Um, I, because I want to go to Australia, I would love for Disney to do an Australian cruise. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, you know, maybe, maybe even a port in New Zealand. That would be amazing. So I would say those are probably the big ones. So I'm, I'm going to throw out like the realistic one that I think they could do, um, since we've covered most of the rest of the world. Um, <laughs> and then I'm gonna throw out one sort of Hail Mary one, I guess, which the, the, the realistic one is when we did our Panama Canal cruise, our ship, instead of taking a right and going to San Diego, took a left and went down to South America for a few ports. Now I recognize that Panama This was celebrity. Celebrity. Yeah. yeah. Now I recognize that Panama Canal cruise is a reposition for Disney, so it would 
kind of change their itinerary situation a little bit. But I think it would be interesting to have them go into South America. Mm-hmm. My Hail Mary kind of cruise would be, and, and this isn't meant to be a political statement of any sort, but I wish that Disney would leverage its influence to get Cuba oh, yeah. into a port rotation. I think it would be really interesting to, to go see Cuba. And um, I just, I, I think that'd be a neat port to, to go see. So I, I'm going to maybe hold out hope in a few years that, that they're sailing into Cuba. Okay, I'm gonna, I am actually going to do one last one before we wrap up. This one wasn't on the list, so it's kind of a surprise for everybody, but it just sparked in my head. So we're talking about new things. What does a chef have that's, that's new? That's new, that's right. Um, <laughs> most wished for thing on Lighthouse Point, and I will go first to give everyone like a few minutes to think about it or a few seconds to think about it at least. And I'm just going to say, I need more cabanas. I need more cabanas. Oh, yeah, like sure. the, the, the fact that I think they've, they've converted some things to cabanas now. Yeah, they converted and, the two massage um, uh, studios to two new cabanas. So two new cabanas at the, like, the adult, at, uh, the adult beach. Yeah. At Serenity Bay. I, I just need more cabanas. Like they need to, the market demand is there. There's enough people who want them. I can't imagine they won't sell out even if they doubled the number of cabanas they had right now. And so I just, I would really love to see that, you know, more available on the cruises. So that's my one ask of Lighthouse Point. Steve, do you have anything that you're looking for? I'd like to see him get some different food options, to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. You know, cookies yeah. is great and it's it's nice for the whole barbecue kind of thing. But I'd love to see him maybe have a couple different, you know, maybe have that one cookies type area where everybody can go to if they want to. But maybe have a couple different other options so that it's not just the, the same thing over and over again. So I'd love to see him come up with some different food options. What do you think, Christy? Well, I like these. I like these options so far. I would like to see a pool. Actually, some of the private islands and these cruise ports are coming up with pools. They're putting a pool in the middle, so or somewhere on the at the port. And I think that's great for kids, and especially littler kids that mm-hmm. aren't going to want to get salt water in their face. And so, I like the idea of a pool. But I definitely agree. I like the idea of better, different food options and. Having more cabanas is just a necessity, and they're increasing the number of concierge cabins, which means that concierge isn't, and it's already was at the point where it's not even guaranteeing you a cabin, a cabana anymore, and now it's even going to be worse. Okay, Chris, what ride are we putting on the island? Yeah. <laughs> they have a water coaster. Of some sort, right? I was literally just about to say, a roller coaster. Um, no, <laughs> realistically, though, because I know that uh, the Bahamas are like, they, they probably can't just build like a massive e-ticket ride, but that little like Scuttles Cove thing at um, whatever the like floating barge with a couple of water slides on it, Pelican Plunge, that is massively overshadowed by almost every other cruise line's private island having basically like water parks. So I would like Disney to do a like, you know, what, if, what about that water like, park, water park? Yeah. What about that? Like the heaven in Mexico all over the place, those like bouncy, the where you? Oh yeah. There's it's like the flotation devices. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. But where you can, yeah, you're bouncing and all these different things are climbing and doing all of those water activities. Yeah, something like that. I want, I want like uh, organized attractions yeah. up into so what, what a I, theme park. What I think that the you know with Joe Rody being part of it, and I know that there's a lot of controversy as far as the Bahamian, some of the Bahamian people being against it. 
you know, for those of you who've been to Alani, I think that they maybe they could create it on that that level. So instead of being this kind of like garish sort of here's all these slides and everything right in the middle, yeah. incorporate into the the landscaping and the theme kind of like they do with Alani, and, and yeah. give give what you're what or build what you're saying, Chris, but just kind of do it a little bit more tastefully. I think they could really do knock it out of the park that way. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna say like an on land water park, so. Not in the water. So they've got Pelican Plunge, but that's like in the middle of the water. You have to swim out to it. But there are a lot of little kids who are not really strong swimmers and some adults who are not maybe strong swimmers. And so I, there was, we went to this um, place in a, off of Aruba where it was one of our excursions at our Southern Caribbean cruise that had like an on land water park. And that was really pretty cool because it was, it was all, you know, water slides. It wasn't huge. And it wouldn't need to be huge. I was thinking that or like a kid's playground. And I mean like a playground, not in the kid's um, club, but for people with, you know, mm-hmm. young kids. My Our kid loves to be on the swings. And when he's on a cruise, he doesn't get to go on the swings for an entire week. All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for being on. This has been really fun. Uh, just thinking about cruising on the wish and all the things that I would love to be on that ship that uh, it's just a nice break and distraction from everything else that's going on right now. So thank you. Thank you guys so much for being on. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's so fun to talk about this stuff. It's good to have a distraction. Definitely. We love that. You love your guys' show. Love what you guys are doing. And thanks for having us on you guys. Yeah. And do you guys, do you guys want to let um, Steve, do you want to let people know where you can find the show? And and Christy, we want to make sure that uh, folks can uh, find you if they want to book their vacation. Yeah. You can uh, find our show wherever you can find your podcast over at Apple podcast, Stitcher, uh, Google play. I'm losing them all right now. Spotify and all that type of stuff. You can find it there. And then you can follow us online, uh, Facebook at DCL podcast. I'm on Twitter, DCL podcast. And Christy, you do the Instagram account. DCL underscore podcast. And Christy, where can folks find you if they want to, if they want to book a, an amazing Disney vacation? I am at pack your pixie dust everywhere. So on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can email me at Christy at Pack Your Pixie Dust. And then I have a little blog that I'm very bad at posting on, but it's PackYourPixieDust.com. Awesome. And Chris, do you want to share details of how people can reach you or would you prefer to remain incognito? I mean, I'm not a travel agent and I don't, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can find me online. Uh, I have Instagram, Chris Z Bright. Z as in zebra, everybody. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, guys, for coming on. It's been so much fun to have you. And uh, we look forward to listening to your show every week. So, so thanks for being here. Well, we had a real blast talking with Steve, Chris, and Christy from the DCL podcast this week. It was just so much fun to take our minds off things and talk about the future of the theme parks, some things we're hoping to see in the new uh, Disney Wish when it sets sail in 2022, uh, and just a fun time catching up with them. We've been big fans of their show, the DCL Podcast, for a long time, and uh, have li- we look forward to listening each week. Uh, if you haven't checked out their show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give them a listen, and subscribe to their show. They've got great content, and they're great hosts, and just a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, Steve's also been just super supportive as we've started on our own podcast journey and helping us on and off the air with uh, with this adventure. Uh, Chris has been a prior guest on the show before, and we love having him on. And it was fantastic to meet uh, Chris, Christy on the air this week. I uh, hope we get a chance to meet up with her 
uh, in person sometime soon as we've met both uh, Steve and Chris in uh, different places. So just really great to, to, to have them on the air, really great to catch up with them and just a lot of fun. So uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it this week. So thanks again for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are super helpful in making the podcast more visible, and they help us get great guests on the show like Steve, Chris, and Christy. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have a question about a Disney cruise or a Walt Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent, or you can reach out to Christy, who was on the show this evening, who's a fantastic travel planner. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.